Welcome in everybody to the inaugural episode of the Christ in a Culture War podcast presented by me, Jesse James Williams. This is the first episode of a podcast that I have wanted to do for a long time. And first off, the podcast topics I have written down. The first question that I asked was, what do I mean by Christ in a culture war? And we will get to that in a minute. But there is a bunch of questions and topics that I will be discussing on this podcast during the duration of however long this podcast lasts or however long I end up doing it. I am not sponsored by anybody. I am not paid to do this podcast. And I want to be clear about something. I do not have a doctorate in theology. I do not have a degree in anything currently at this point. I am just a Christian who has studied the Bible, who has listened to a lot of great authors, pastors, preachers, teachers, and figured that in my life that this is something that I am interested in doing a podcast on. And so um, I will be referencing a lot of guys that I respect, a lot of guys in the field, and I will be talking about things that are very important in Christian culture today. So the first so, so the topics that we'll be covering in this podcast, not all today, obviously, for time constraints and just because this would be like a six-hour podcast. So these are the topics that we're going to discuss throughout the duration of this podcast over time. The first one will be, what do I mean by Christ in a culture war? We will discuss that today. What do Christians mean by God? The standard of morality. Can truth be relative? Why Christianity is so offensive, contrasting God to other beliefs of God, did Jesus claim to be God, can God know everything and we have free will, how we have institutionalized Christianity, why is Jesus necessary, a big one, can all religions be true, I may even discuss that one today, the problems and existence of evil, the dangers of the prosperity gospel or the name it claim it gospel, we may go over from creation to fall to redemption, though that would be more of a historical topic of just kind of outlining the history of the Bible since the Bible is not composed in chronological order, if you know anything about the Bible. And we may even get into some arguments against Christianity. So what do I mean by Christ in a culture war? So obviously the central figure of this podcast is Jesus Christ of Nazareth, who according to the Christian Bible was born of a virgin about 2,000 plus years ago in Bethlehem. And we believe that he's the son of God and that he is God. He's part of the Godhead, the Trinity, and that he died on a cross for all the sins. He lived a perfect human life. He lived a perfect life as an actual human on this earth. And that his death and resurrection are the payment and atonement for sins. He died once and for all. And that he rose from the dead, he ascended into heaven, and that he is coming back to judge the living and the dead. And that's basically that. Now, if you hear some papers rustling around, it's because I have a lot of notes that over time I have compiled. And we may even go over some Christian doctrine to talk about what, as Christians, what real Christianity believes. Not Mormonism, not uh, Jehovah's Witnesses, not people who have diminished Jesus into a good teacher. So the question is, what do we mean by Christ in a culture war? So this year is 2019. It's almost 2020. We're almost to the end of the year. And in this age, there is something called postmodernism, which basically is the belief system that truth cannot be known 
and that if there is truth, it's all relative. So basically, whatever you believe is what you believe, and whatever I believe is what I believe. And they can all, at the same time, be true, which I think is very problematic. And we also have a culture that is being taken over by the liberal media. And this is not a Republican versus Democrat. I won't get into a lot of political issues here just because I think that the concepts of faith and Christianity are way more important. And so I will be talking, mean, but some of those things will be important in the discussion of these matters. And so Christ in a culture war is basically there is a war right now going on and not like a battle war with swords and guns and spears and bombs and drones and all that. But there is a war going on for the minds of especially young people in the universities to where Christianity is being thrown out as not as important and not as influential and no longer really needed in the academic world. People will say things basically saying that Christianity is no longer needed, that we can disprove God, that we can disprove Christ. And, and a lot of times they make these claims with little or no evidence, or they nitpick and say things. So the basis of this podcast will be exposing some of these ideas, moral relativism, and just basically how psychology and how things are going on in the world today is prompting people to look at the world in a different way, which they call postmodern. And so I think that this podcast is necessary because a lot of our young people may not be in church. They may not be hearing the word of God or what they know about the Bible has been so skewed by their professors and their lack of knowledge of the scriptures that people are hearing things and taking it at face value. We live in a clickbait society where people can just see something on the internet or see a clip or watch something on the news and they think it's true. For example, it seems every year National Geographic or Time Magazine, not National Geographic, but like Time Magazine or Rolling Stones or the History Channel will do who was the real Jesus. And they get into a bunch of things that have nothing to do with Christianity, and which is really known as the way um, originally when that, that's what the early Christians were referred to as the followers of the way. And so people will say things like, well, all religions are basically the same. And so actually, I uh, have a blog on my blogger on my Google account. And I wrote something about this because I have discussions with people, people who want to say that, well, in Buddha, they claim that Buddhism and Hinduism and all these other religions allow for Christianity, but Christianity doesn't allow for them and I don't know enough about Buddhism and Hinduism because I don't follow those belief systems but I can tell you that Christianity true Christianity biblical Christianity based on the life works of Jesus the writings of the Apostles is not all-inclusive and what I mean by not all-inclusive is that you just can't believe whatever like you can't believe anything and be saved. I mean, Jesus said in Matthew 14, 6, I'm sorry, John 14, 6. In John 14, 6, he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. And, and we could read that in context, and at some point we will go over that. But universalism is like, oh, well, you know, as long as people are trying to find their way to quote, quote, God, then they're all going to be okay. The problem is, is we all define God in different terms. And so, and even Jehovah's Witnesses and Mormons will claim to be a sect of Christianity, but they do not hold to the tenets of Christianity. And so, I wrote a list, and it's going to be pretty exhaustive, of what I believe and what many people believe, based on Scripture, to be the tenets of Christianity. 
Number one, God created everything out of nothing. God created the heavens and the earth. Genesis 1.1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. We believe that he created it in six literal days out of nothing. Now, I will say that Christians who believe that that could be over a, a longer period of time, I would disagree with them, but I don't... I wouldn't say that they're heretics. I would just say that you're, we're interpreting the, the Hebrew word yom different ways. But, I mean, as long as you believe that God created the earth and the heavens and the universe out of nothing. God created man in his image. He, we di There's no evolution here. There is no, there is no single cell organism that birthed all life. And then we started as unintelligent cave people walking on fours or even worse primates or apes or monkeys or chimpanzees and then we evolved over time and developed the brain developed the conscience and all that i just don't believe the science is good on that the bible does not support that either god created woman from man he didn't there was no god created man and god put him in a sleep and then god created eve there was no lilith there was no other group of people that god created god created all creation perfect including man and woman and the first commandment was, do not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, or they will die. Now, obviously, they didn't die right then, but I mean, the physical, spiritual death did happen. Um, man and woman ate, sin entered the world through man, through Adam's choice to sin, because he did not... He, he Instead of correcting his wife's sin, he was in sin with her. The Bible clearly states that sin came through one man. And so this whole, like, blaming women and suppressing women because of the fall of Eve is not biblical and because of this man is separated from god god made a covenant with abraham israel which becomes israel isaac jacob which is the line that jesus came through god establishes the law and gives it to moses creating the nation i mean the israel and the jew the nation of israel in the jewish land sorry and i'm not trying to stutter through this stuff and so the law was created so that we would know what sin is paul says that i'm pretty sure it's in romans and then god um Israel breaks the covenant many, many times, leading to captivity both by the nation of Judah and the nation of Israel to Assyria and Babylon, and then eventually Rome, the Jews being scattered throughout the earth. Yes, we believe that the Jews were God's chosen people, but God also had a plan to save the Gentiles. Jesus is born of a virgin, fully man, fully God, but we do not believe that Jesus was just a plan B. If you listen to the scriptures, Jesus says, before Abraham was, I am. That's John 8, 38, I believe. We, we do not believe that Jesus was created. We believe that he was incarnated, that he was the second person of the Trinity. The Trinity is three persons and one being. So that is definitely something. He lived a perfect life, though, was tempted. He did not sin. He was arrested, tried, and executed on a Roman cross, a literal Roman cross. He literally died, took all the sin upon himself on the cross, resurrected on the third day a literal resurrection not a spiritual resurrection a literal resurrection defeating death and separation from god we believe he ascended into heaven after 40 days and sits at the right hand of god and will return to judge the living and the dead the doctrine is this because of original sin all humanity is born with a sin nature apart from christ's sacrifice there is only separation from god there is no redemption the law was given to give awareness of sin and Jesus fulfilled the law and the prophets. That way we do not still follow, like we eat shrimp and we eat pork. It's God made that clear to Peter. Do not call what goes into a man unclean, but what come, what goes into a man does not make him unclean, but what comes out of a man, what he does. And so a lot of times you'll hear 
people say things like, oh, well, Jesus was a really good teacher, and Jesus was a prophet, and Jesus was here to show humanity how to better themselves. And there's also this claim that Jesus went and learned from the Buddha, and the question is, is who did Jesus claim to be? So it seems very convenient that they disregard the red words in the Bible, and they take commentary, especially with Gnostic Gospels, and how Jesus had a wife in Mary Magdalene. And so... That's basically the doctrine of Christianity as Christianity understands it today. Now, now, whether we believe in baptism by immersion and baptism by sprinkling of water, we would call those secondary issues. Whether you believe in Calvinism or free will, which I happen to believe that God can predestine people with free will because he exists out time, outside of time, space, and matter. And so with this, we're going to take a quick break and we will start tackling basically how I'm going to read you something off of my blog. I went ahead and so, so far we have just said, what is Christ in the culture war? We've laid out the doctrines of the Bible, of the tenets of Christianity. These are things that I believe you have to believe in to be saved, um, to truly understand what you are believing. So after this quick break, we will be right back. This is the Christ and the Christ in a Culture War podcast presented by Jesse James Williams. Welcome back to the... I really butchered that, didn't I? Welcome back to the Christ in a Culture War podcast presented by me, myself, and I, Jesse James Williams. So we were talking earlier about what is it? What is the podcast all about? What does, it mean, what does Christ in a Culture War mean? We laid out some questions that will be addressed on this podcast, and we briefly discussed the tenets of Christianity, things that the Bible says... And I want to address that a comment that people normally make to me about all religions basically say the same thing. I mentioned earlier that I have a blog and it's on my Google account and I don't have it pulled up right now. But um, I will give that information out when I tag it to Facebook later and then once it ends up on Spotify I may put that in the description. So here's what I wrote, and this is a blog entry that I started probably two months ago, never finished, and I just finished it yesterday. It's kind of long, so bear with me. I wrote, many people make the claim all religions are basically the same, and all roads and paths lead to the same God or creator. I lowercase the G in God on purpose and will explain shortly. This is what in faith today we call universalism. It is also known amongst postmodern people as inclusivism. It is the idea that anybody can believe whatever they want, and even if the differing views make opposite truth claims, that as a society, whatever that means, we should agree that each claim is either true or is saying the same thing. This makes no sense. If Muslims claim Jesus wasn't crucified or resurrected, but Christians do, how are these claims both true? If rabbinical Jews deny the deity of Jesus of Nazareth, but Christians claim he is God, how can these claims be reconciled? If naturalistic atheists claim there is no God and the universe is infinite or created itself out of nothing, but Christians claim God created the universe, can both ideas be accurate? The problem is demonstrated by Pilate when Jesus was before him. Pilate asked Jesus, what is truth, and then walked away before waiting for an answer. This is our society, our social fabric. The world is so afraid of being offended that to them it is easier to just let everyone be right than to investigate what really might be the truth. This is how the world becomes united under the power of Satan in the book of Revelation. People have been wanting to unite against God from the beginning. From the days of the flood to the Tower of Babel to conquering dictators, the world wants to unite against the one true God, the author and creator of everything. 
To get to this point, the world or quote-quote society must declare that all quote-quote religions are basically the same and all lead to the same quote-quote God. I lowercase to G because Christianity, true Christianity, originally known as the way, leaves no room for universalism. Jesus claimed to be the only way to the Father. Read the red letters in the New Testament. He claims authority granted by God. He claims he will be seen sitting at the right hand of power. He claims he will come on the clouds of heaven. He claims that no one comes to the Father but through him. He claims before Abraham was, I am. The I am is all capitalized. The Jews of this day knew what he claimed. There was no confusion or ambiguity about the claims of Godhood. But the world must minimalize him. They must say he was a good teacher. They changed the meaning of words. The Romanization of the Catholic Church with its pagan idolatry has confused the true Jesus. Every other belief system is what humanity can do to get to their version of God, eternity, or nothingness. Jesus is God demonstrating his love by dying for us, paying the price for sin once, and we cannot work our way into right relationship. So no, all worldviews are not the same. So, if you are confused about what a worldview is, everybody has a worldview. An atheist has a worldview, a Christian, a Muslim, a Jew, a Hindu, a Buddhist, a philosopher, a theoretical anarchist, whatever title you want to put on it, a Christian, a Jehovah's Witness, a Mormon, um, a Taoist, a, a, a deist, whatever you want to call it, everyone has a worldview. And things in our world shape our worldview. And so what is becoming evident is that in the academia, in the college, on the college campuses, that every other worldview is acceptable except for Christianity. Because Christianity is offensive. Well, why is Christianity offensive? Well, because in a society where truth is relative and everything is true and there can't be one truth. Well, they say all truth is relative, but they say truth can't be known. Um, Frank Turek, who is from Cross-Examined, he has a radio show on a podcast called I Don't Have Enough Faith to Be an Atheist and a book by the same title. Um, very good book. I'm still in the middle of reading it. It's a very long read, but a very good read. Written with him and... Uh, the passed away Norman Geisler. I think Norman Geisler helped him write that book. I'm pretty sure he did. Um, and so Frank Turek, when people say you cannot know what truth is, then you say, is that statement true? So you logically put the claim against itself. And so it's too easy for people just to be saying, oh, well, how do you know what's true? There is no truth. Well, that statement can't be true. The logic falls on itself. But in a culture that is so offended by everything, if we say God is the Jesus is the only way to God, they're like, whoa, like who are you to say that? And it's because we believe in the scriptures. And then they're like, that was written by man. Well, the, the funny thing is the science books and the history books and literally everything that has ever been written in history has been written by men. But it's only when we make a truth claim, a distinct claim, Jesus is the son of God and he is the only way to heaven, that it becomes a problem. Because people are are just offended by well you're are you telling me that i'm wrong well i mean if you say the sky is blue and i say the sky is orange which one is right and then what they'll usually do is they won't answer the question they'll just say oh well you know it's actually a prism of all the other colors and they don't really get to the the question because then they would have to admit that something is right and something is wrong if, if two plus two is four then two plus two can't be five now, I, some, I guess in some theoretical mathematical world, that can be possible. What also happens is people start using theoretical physics and multiverses, basically 
to keep pushing the agenda that we don't need God anymore. And so they're like, oh, well, the universe is infinite. Well, if the universe is infinite, as Frank Turek would say, we would never get to today. If the universe is finite, then it had to have a beginning. If you saw a book, you would assume that it had an author. If you saw a table, you would assume that somebody built that table. If you saw a road, you would assume that somebody built that road. But no, when it comes to the creation or the formation of the earth and the universe and the sun and the moon and the stars, we keep using bad carbon dating methods to take things back millions and billions of years and it seems like the timing just keeps going further and further back i digress and i ramble and so it's really interesting to me and it's kind of ridiculous when people say well basically all the religions say the same things when they absolutely don't christianity definitely is the one that would stand along and so what's going to happen is christianity is just going to be considered intolerant but that's the thing. If you don't tolerate Christianity, aren't you also being intolerant? Now, I'm not advocating that we force everybody to believe the way that we believe because Christianity is a belief system, a faith. See, religion is a bunch of rules and regulations and traditions on how does man get to God. You can use the illustration of a mountain to say, okay, if, if, if there's a mountain, and this is just an illustration religion is man at the bottom of the mountain and god at the top of the mountain and man trying to climb the mountain to get to god what can i do to please god what can i do to earn my salvation what can i do to reach nirvana what can i do to reach the bliss what can i do to earn my way into heaven where christianity basically says that god himself in the form of the incarnate jesus born of a virgin came down to earth and took the penalty of sin and so but that seems so offensive to people because people are lovers of their sin Jesus was talking to the Pharisees, and he told them they were going to die in their sins. He's like, you're preaching all these rules and regulations, and yet you're going to die. You're going to perish in your sins because they missed the point. And so what they do is they take Jesus, and they take all these really nice sayings that he said way out of context. And they're like, thou shalt not judge. And it's, well, Jesus is going to come back and judge. Thou shalt just... God just wants us to love people. Well, he does want us to love people, and he wants us to tell them the truth because... People don't want to admit that they're bad. People don't want to admit that they're wrong. We've even gotten to a point to where people are defending pedophiles and murder. And they're like, so if you ask somebody, and I've done this before, and I'm not going to name names because I don't want to put people on blast. But if you ask people, is killing somebody wrong? And it's like, well, from a certain perspective, it's wrong. And I'm like, well, no, 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 no. Like, what if somebody killed your sister? Is that wrong? Well, it's wrong to me, but it may not be wrong for them. They may have their reasons, and for them it may not be wrong. And so basically, instead of living in a world where we distinguish what's right from wrong, which is the whole where does morality come from, now we're just stuck in this basically everything is okay, everything is all right. And, so, and then people also that don't believe that, they're like, well, as a society we know certain things are wrong. Well... If the universe is billions of years old, which I don't think it is, I think it's closer between six and 7,000, but that's not the topic that we're talking about, then the problem with that is, is that if we just realized that enslaving people was wrong 200 years ago, let's say, even though it's been less than 200 years, we'll just say 200 years. So were we just not developed enough in our morality and our consciousness and our ways of thinking? For the billions of years plus the thousands of years after that, that that was wrong. 
um, killing babies, is that wrong? Well, you would normally you would say yes, but then it's a woman's right to her body, and I'm not here to tell a woman what to do with her body. I simply just put the matters before you as we discuss them. And so, so we've taken life and we've made it this thing because people have gotten to the point where they're even saying things like, we don't exist, and why does it even matter? Why don't we just... And that's why the suicide rate, people have lost their way. And, and how did this happen? And so people have a bunch of theories, and we all evolved, and we all evolved and believed things differently, where the Bible tells one concrete story. It starts off with Adam and Eve, and Adam and Eve sinned and had a bunch of kids, and they went on around the earth, and... Through his line, we got Noah, and then in the Noah's day, the world was so bad that God decided to flood the entire planet, not a regional flood, and start over with eight people. Well, if, if Noah knew the truth about God, didn't everybody else know? Like, they all came from the same family. Romans 1 talks about this, and I'm going to pull that up on my phone real quick. And this is an illustration of, it basically answers the question of, like, how did we get to this point how did we now have people who've never heard of the gospel? Because everyone, if, if you look at the story, so basically after the flood, Noah had three sons, Sham, Ham, and Japheth, right? And then Ham's line became Cush. And a couple chapters later, they're already building the Tower of Babel. And because God basically, God gave them a command to be fruitful and multiply across the face of the earth. Well, one group of people just wanted to stay here and stay united with one language. And so they tried to build this tower that they would be known and wonderful and all that. And then God confused the languages. And so throughout time, people have been uh, rebelling against God ever since. And Romans 1 is a beautiful um, illustration of this. And so uh, this starts in Romans 1, 18. And I'll just read the rest of the chapter. All right, and this is the uh, ESV, the English Standard Version. Not the greatest version, but it's the one I have pulled up on my phone, so we'll use it. So, it says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. So men suppress the truth because they, don't, they know the truth of God, but they suppress it. Okay, so I'm going to start over, and I'm going to read it, and then we'll go through it. So, eight, verse 18, and I think it goes all the way through... Uh, verse 32. So bear with me as I read this. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. For what can be known about God is plain to them because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world and things that have been made. So they are without excuse. For although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him, but they became futile in their thinking, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools, and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man and birds and animals and creeping things. Therefore God gave them up in the lust of their hearts to impurity, to the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves, because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie, and worshipped and served the Creator rather than the Creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. For this reason God gave them up to dishonorable passions, for their women exchanged natural relations for those that are contrary to nature, and the men likewise gave up natural relations with women and were consumed with passion for one another, men committing shameless acts with men and receiving in themselves a due penalty for their error. And since they did not see fit to acknowledge God, God gave them over to a debased mind to do what ought not to be done. They were filled with all manner of unrighteousness, evil, covetousness, 
malice. They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, maliciousness. They are gossip, slanderers, haters of God, insolent, haughty, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents, foolish, faithless, heartless, ruthless. Though they know God's righteous decree that those who practice such things deserve to die, they not only do them but give approval to those who practice them. And this is our culture in a nutshell. We are no longer just doing sin. We are encouraging other people to sin. We are, and we are celebrating abortion. We are celebrating homosexuality. We are celebrating. And so people ask, us, like, how did the world get like this? And it's like, hey, listen, God said don't eat from this one tree. Man sinned, and they've been sinning ever since. God's, God sent Israel the prophets. A lot of people ask, well, like, well what about God telling them to exterminate the Canaanites? Well, the Canaanites worshipped the god named Molech, and they were offering babies as sacrifices and playing the drums so loud that their babies' screams couldn't be heard. And God said, hey, listen, do not intermingle with these people. And it's not a race thing. It's a, hey, this nation is set apart. God had things for them. God told them, hey, I'm your king. They were like, no, all these other countries, you have king, we want a king. So what happened? They got a king, Saul, who seemed really good in the beginning and then became all about Saul and all became about the acts, the sacrifices instead of obedience. And then David came and David was a good king, flawed, but good. And then Solomon was given wisdom and wealth and then his heart was led astray by all his women. Then the kingdom was separated and they just kept going to these other gods throughout history, throughout history. And God would send them prophets and they'd kill the prophets and run off the prophets and God's continually telling them and these prophets are prophesying of the coming Messiah and what is Judaism now today because see it's interesting people are like oh Judaism Christianity and Islam they're all one well no Islam obviously was the light, lighter one and, and people say well Christianity came after Judaism well no it didn't Christianity is the Old Testament prophesying everything in the Old Testament is an illustration of Christ that's why skeptics will say, oh, well, a lot of these stories, like Jesus coming out of Egypt, is just, you know, a retelling of the story of Moses. And it's like, okay, well, that's what prophecy is. It's prophets pointing to the coming Messiah. So Judaism today is rabbinical Judaism that rejects Jesus being the Messiah. So they believe everything in the Old Testament, they just have a different interpretation of it. The Christians don't throw out the Old Testament. We realize that the law was fulfilled through Christ, so yeah, we don't follow the dietary and sacrificial laws anymore because Jesus said that the greatest two commandments were to love God, love your neighbor. This sums up the law and the prophets. That was the point. So the Beatitudes were all about, not the Beatitudes, the Sermon on the Mount. The Beatitudes were the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount, but when he says, you've heard it said, thou shalt not commit murder, but I tell you, and then anyone who has anger in his heart for his brother has committed murder in his heart. Uh, you have heard it said, Thou shalt not commit adultery, but anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has committed adultery in his heart. He's saying Jesus was great at getting to the heart of the issue. It's like when the rich man came to Jesus and he says, What do I need to be saved? And he's like, Well, follow all the commandments. He was testing the guy. That's not how you get saved. And he's like, I have followed all the commandments since I was a boy. Pretty audacious claim to make. Like, literally, like, you've never broken any of the Ten Commandments. Like, and Jesus was like, Okay, cool. Well, go sell all your stuff and then come follow me. Jesus was pointing out who that God was to him. The God, his God was money, wealth, power. He didn't want to give it up to follow Jesus. And I think a lot of times we do that in our own lives. People look at Christianity and they're like, man, like if I become a Christian and I have to repent of my sins and it's all this stuff that I want to keep doing and I can't do it anymore, become lovers of our sin. So what? then what's the answer? What do we do? Well, we have to take Jesus and minimalize him. C.S. Lewis said it best. Jesus is one of two things. He's either 
the son of God, who he said he was, or he's a lunatic and a liar. And people are like, oh, well, Jesus was just talking about a concept of God. And Jesus was definitely not saying that. You can go throughout the Old Testament. I'm sorry, you can go out through the Gospels in the New Testament. Jesus was there in the Old Testament, by the way. And you can see what Jesus said about himself. Like, I guess it's because Jesus did not just say, I am God. Like, even though he said before Abraham was, I am in all caps, which is the English translation of Yahweh, which even in Jews don't speak that name. It's so holy. And so when and Jesus didn't say that to the Romans, who probably wouldn't know what he was talking about, but the Jews did. And it says they picked up stones to kill him. Jesus said that I will you will see me sitting at the right hand of power. That's sitting at the right hand of the Father on the throne. Like they knew what he was saying. And the problem is is when people attack Christianity or they attack Jesus, they don't really pay attention to what he said because if they did, they would know like, okay, well, Jesus says things like anyone who loves his father or mother more than me is not worthy to be my disciple. He says whoever wants to follow me must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. It's all about following me. I am in the Father and the Father is in me. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. I am the true vine. I, I mean, he says it over and over and over again. It's, it's like Pilate. Pilate just what is truth and walk the and then even then Pilate still wanted to release Jesus so I'm not sitting here blaming Pilate for the death of Jesus it had to happen so we live in this postmodern world where it's easier just to make up a bunch of mumbo jumbo about oh well the more we study consciousness we don't really exist and it's just a way to like suppress the truth because we just read that whole second half of the first chapter of Romans and Paul writes it out um, John says in the beginning, the, okay, I want to read John chapter 1, so once again, give me a minute while I pull this up on the handy Bible app. Luckily, it's in the first chapter, so I want to read John 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him not anything made... Oh, sorry. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with, with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. That's talking about Jesus. They capitalized the word. Verse 9. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt amongst us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. And then, there's some parentheses, I'm going to skip that. So 16 says, from, For from his fullness we have received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, the only God who is at the Father's side, he has made him known. And so, if you read that, it's pretty straightforward. And so, through this podcast, we're going to be talking a lot about these issues and tackling those topics that I talked about earlier. And I'll be quoting a lot of people, and I kind of want to give these people a shout-out because these are the people where I get a lot of my knowledge from. And obviously, it's from the Bible, but they're great teachers of the Word. I already mentioned Frank Turek. He's 
and crossexamine.org. Ravi Zacharias is the head of Ravi Zacharias International Ministries. John MacArthur, grace to you. You can look these guys up on YouTube. Jay Warner Wallace, Cold Case Christianity is actually a really good app. Uh, John Barnett as DTBM. Just type in DTBM on YouTube and you can get lots of videos. He goes through the scriptures. Greg Hochul has a great book called Tactics. He just updated and re-released um, about tactics for defending the faith. Lee Strobel wrote the case for Christ, case for face. He's a former skeptic that set out to disprove Christianity because his wife became a Christian. And then he's like, oh, he believed it. Todd Friel, which is the host of Wretched Radio. Paul Washer is a pastor. Mark Denver, Stephen Lawson, Phil Johnson, Justin Peters. Those are all pastors. John Lennox, a science and God. He's a, a scholar, professor of mathematics. He does a lot of scientists, why science and God aren't mutually exclusive. Doug Hamp. Vince Vitale, John Walton. John Walton has a lot of books on the, basically the, a lot of books on Genesis and the what was the culture of Genesis. Vody Bauckham's a great pastor speaker. Abdu Murray is an apologist. Nabil Qureshi, who's actually passed away. R.C. Sproul, who I'm pretty sure has passed away. Charles Spurgeon, great pastor. C.S. Lewis, the great theologian and writer. You know him from the Chronicles of Narnia, but he also wrote Mere Christianity, Screwtape Letters, uh, lots of great defenses of the faith. Um, the YouTube channel, Inspiring Philosophy. Genesis Apologetics is a YouTube channel. Rob Skiba, he gets into like some, some weird uh, Nephilim stuff, but it's very interesting. Um... Then there's G.K. Chesterton, old-time preacher. Mike Winger's really good verse-by-verse -verse guy. Um, Bible Thinker is an app you can find. You can also find him on YouTube. And then John Piper, Desiring God. And so this isn't meant to be a combative podcast. It's just there's so much nonsense out there of people not doing research and making claims that literally they can't back up. So I would like to be able to talk about that. Actually... There's another one called Truth Unedited that I've seen, and they got a lot of good stuff. And so they were doing, he was doing like the history of religion, and he basically, um, he does a thing like, Do We All Worship the Same God is the title of the video. So if you want to type that in, it's Truth Unedited, Do We All Worship the Same God. And basically, he talks about how. In Christianity, the world started with one God, and then everyone has created these other gods, which are really just forms of Satan. And so, my thing is, I think that as Christians, that we need to be able to defend what we believe in. We need to know what we believe in. So, when we are approached with questions like, how did the animals fit on the ark? Type that into YouTube. There's lots of great answers in Genesis. is really good at that. Genesis Apologetics is really good. They're the science guys. I'm not going to sit here and spout a bunch of scientific stuff because it's not my area of expertise. My point with this podcast is to talk about what is going on in the world today, how young people are being conditioned to think because college campuses are basically indoctrinating people. And you can say that Christianity indoctrinates people, but we encourage people to read the word. We encourage people to use science because I don't think that I, I know that science doesn't disprove God truth is knowable truth is not relative you cannot just make everything be the same a cat is not a dog a man is not a woman and i know that um by saying that there's a possibility that uh 
Facebook might take down this clip if they listen to it, and I'm sure they are because the government listens to everything. And so I just had to throw that in there. But this has been the Christ in a Culture War podcast. It's my first one, so hopefully I didn't ramble too much. Hopefully I made some sense, and hopefully I laid out the doctrine of Christianity um, without my theological expertise. Um, I listen to a lot of pastors. I read a lot of books. I really study the Word and try to read a lot of commentaries, and I try to really dive into those things. So hopefully on this podcast, I'm not just saying a bunch of things that I have no idea what I'm talking about. Um, And so feel free to look up any of those guys on YouTube, those guys that I mentioned. I will just run through that list real quick. Frank Turek, Ravi Zacharias, John MacArthur, Jay Warner Wallace, John Barnett, Greg Kokel, Lee Strobel, Todd Friel, Paul Washer, Mark Denver, Stephen Lawson, Phil Johnson, Justin Peters, John Lennox, Doug Hamp, Vince Vitale, John Walton, Vody Bakum, Abdu Murray, Nabil Qureshi, great if you want to know about how he went from Muslim to Christian, R.C. Sproul, Charles Spurgeon, C.S. Lewis, Inspiring Philosophy, Genesis Apologetics, Rob Skiba, G.K. Chesterton, Mike Winger, Bible Thinker, Bruce Gore, John Piper. I'm going to also add David Platt and Matt Chandler. I think they do a lot of great work. And so Charles Stanley is an all-time pastor. That's really good. And even check out, I mean, there's a bunch of guys that I don't necessarily totally agree with that I don't think are false teachers like Stephen Furtick. I think he has something to offer. And so um, for Christians out there, read the Bible and read the Bible in the context for skeptics, true skeptics. Ask the right questions. Be willing to first admit that everything can't be true and then really seek. And I think that you will find it for people who just want to badger and fight and argue and not really get to the heart of the issues honestly those are conversations i'm probably not going to um entertain because it's it it, they become pointless they become circular and so with love and respect i would probably decline to answer that and for anybody in anything that you read you have to read things in context you have to read things in the way you have to read things in the historical context in which they were written who they were written to who they were written by and what they were written for. And that's in anything. You can't just pull things out and be like, the Bible says this or the Quran says that. And this says that. It's like you have to get to what was being said and what was meant by what. Like it's it's it, it's that's just good scholarship. That's good academia. That's good common sense is if you're going to read something, know who wrote it, know why they wrote it, know who they wrote it to, know where they wrote it and what was going on around them when they wrote it. So that would be my encouragement to you. Hopefully we'll have much more of these podcasts. So this has been the Christ in a Culture War podcast by yours truly, me, myself, and I, Jesse James Williams. And until next time, God bless.